Welcome to the Life in Focus podcast, brought to you through Rogers Research Global, with your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Marie Rogers. Hello and welcome to today's episode. This is Your Life in Focus. So many of us today are reporting feeling off, feeling anxious, and feeling overwhelmed. Dysregulated, distracted, and disconnected. We have allowed ourselves to fall into habits that reinforce unhealthy and very heavily tech-driven lifestyle. These are neither natural nor desirable states of being and will eventually lead to a lack of energy, perhaps even disease in our bodies. It will affect our health, affect our well-being, our motivation. We need our energy levels to be high for connection, for harmony, for focus, for imagination, for purpose, and for direction. Rather than feeling a sense of forward progression, Many are living lives analogous to the tale of Sisyphus and his never-ending uphill, boulder-rolling endeavor. Whereas productivity requires clarity, buzzing in a state of busyness does not. Engaging in busyness without intention generally has no meaningful end goal in sight. This brings me to the topic of psychoneuroimmunology, or the mind-body connection. The brain, the nervous system, and the immune system, they're all linked. They communicate with and affect one another. My interest in psychoneuroimmunology began a little over two decades ago while enrolled in my PhD in clinical psychology program that um, had a heavy emphasis in neuropsychology. Whereas terms such as frontal and prefrontal lobes, hemispheric dominance, and amygdala were commonplace, psychoneuroimmunology was a relatively new area of study focusing on the role stress plays in the manifestation and the proliferation of disease. The effects of prolonged unchecked stress include many health problems, such as high blood pressure, heart disease, diabetes, and susceptibility susceptibility to infections. Add cognitive concerns such as foggy thinking and memory problems to the list, and the result is suboptimal functioning. Well-known even to first-year psychology students is the preponderance of emergency room visits due to anxiety and stress-related symptoms. Individuals living with unmanaged levels of stress tend to be high users of healthcare, often involving expensive hospital and doctor visits. Many understandably confuse difficulty breathing, tightness or shortness of breath, and overwhelming feelings of fatigue and lethargy as serious medical and or life-threatening conditions rather than extreme reactions to anxiety and stress. This often results in an emergency room visit that results in the prescription of benzodiazepines and a brief mention of a lifestyle change to mitigate stress by the attending physician. And brief it is. An ER doctor typically does not get into a thorough stress management prescription or program with you. While occasional stress and anxiety are normal parts of life, persistent and uncontrollable levels eventually become disabling. Stress was only meant to be temporary. The body returns to a natural state following a stressful event or period. The heart rate slows down, the muscles relax, and breathing returns to normal. It is the heaviness of chronic stress that increases the likelihood of poor health. A popular demonstration used in stress reduction workshops include the glass of water. Held for a few seconds or minutes, a glass of water is neither heavy nor burdensome. Holding it consistently for an hour or longer, and you'll start to feel it. The longer you hold it, the heavier it becomes. 
So for your well-being, rather than to hold the glass of water, drink the water so you can hydrate and move on. Find ways that hold meaning for you as far as stress reduction and invest in yourself, invest in your health, invest in your energy. Without a plan or use of your executive functioning, which are the frontal and prefrontal lobes, that area of your brain, the management of life becomes random, scattered, and reactive. Executive functioning, again, through the prefrontal cortex, promotes higher cognitive functions, such as planning, strategizing, initiating, decision-making, judgment, and execution. Higher order thinking will move you from lower level reactive functioning to higher level problem solving or proactive functioning. Stress and anxiety severely affect executive functioning. The higher your stress, the lower your executive functioning. According to the World Health Organization, globally, one in 13 individuals suffers from anxiety. And anxiety disorders are in fact the most common mental disorders worldwide and they are escalating. Anxiety disorders have a deep biological underpinning and can best be described as chronic intermittent disorders. Interference in day-to-day functioning is an important criteria in the diagnosis of an anxiety disorder. Although highly treatable, only about one-third of those diagnosed will receive treatment. Successful management of anxiety and its associated feelings of stress involve developing higher tolerance for ambiguity and uncertainty and appropriately evaluating what one thinks and feels. It involves creating a lifestyle that supports physical and mental health, such as purposeful work, healthy relationships, exercise, good nutrition, restorative sleep, and a mindfulness practice. When we have a regular and trusted functional routine, life's interruptions may create the need for a detour, but not take us completely off path. We circumvent, we adjust, we reroute. So what are some things that we can do to enhance the mind-body connection? To find your calm. Quite a bit, actually. And everything you do to move in the direction of mindfully managing your levels of stress will add up. Let's look at your self-care practice. First, before we go there, let's reclaim our power that there is something that you can do. Each one of us has the power at any given moment to access a higher, more productive and calming thought, keeping in the forefront of your mind that calm is in fact a superpower. By carving out time to engage in self-care, you will relieve the day-to-day pressures of life and help to rebalance yourself back to health, vitality, and energy. I look at self-care as being self-respect. Research connecting stress with health reveals the role the release of cytokines play, which are small proteins released by cells, especially those of your immune system. While your body is physically or emotionally stressed, it releases epinephrine or adrenaline, and this signals the production of pro-inflammatory cytokines. Your body efficiently and appropriately releases these in response to infection or injury so as to destroy germs or repair tissue damage. Unfortunately, your body also releases pro-inflammatory cytokines when stressed, and when the stress is chronic, their expression may be the cause of inflammatory diseases. Let's look at the mindfulness and meditation combo. Perhaps today you can take a moment, if you're not already doing this, and strategically weave both mindfulness and meditation into your regular routine. Future podcasts will include other stress management techniques, but for today, let's direct our energy here. Let's focus here. Mindfulness and meditation. 
The enigmatic practice of meditation, it's rooted in deep cultural and spiritual history and originally as a pathway toward enlightenment. In modern times, it's found itself more commonly used to manage stress and to bring about the relaxation response. Meditation is a mental training involving quieting and slowing down the mind. Mindfulness describes a specific manner of living that is cultivated through this system. Meditation will allow you to slow down, to go inwardly, accessing deeper insights. In contrast to a timeout, it's more of a time-in. The combination of mindfulness and meditation is a powerful antidote to stress. There are many different types of meditation, mostly falling under the categories of guided and unguided or silent. The relaxation component of meditation in its many forms provides long-lasting health benefits to the mind and body, including increasing volumes in brain regions, reducing anxiety and depression, and improving your immune function. While there is not a universally accepted or best method, there are components to meditation that are consistent across practices. They include focused attention, breath awareness, quiet and comfortable setting, and an attitude of non-judgment or observer. The best meditation is the one that is best for you and the one that you will consistently do. With so many relaxation type apps today, there is a nice selection of guided meditations, some as short as a few minutes to as long as an hour that you can start incorporating into your life today. The information presented is intended for general knowledge and is not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. As with most things in life, there isn't a magic pill or cure-all, but there are strategies to help regain control of your life. If you'd like to read or learn more about today's and other related topics, please visit drmarierogers.blogspot.com.